Hi, this is Carolyn Cooper, and welcome to the Mental Health and Faith, A Closer Look podcast and YouTube show. Here we discuss topics around mental health and wellness, mental illness, recovery, and faith, all from a Christian perspective. There will be lots of information on this episode in the show notes, and for more information on me and my ministry in God's Corner, check out my website. That's www.ingodscorner.org. Hi, this is Carolyn Cooper, and welcome to the Mental Health and Faith, A Closer Look podcast. Today, I have a good friend with me. This is Cindy Hickson. She is a fellow writer. We have actually quite a few similarities in our lives, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell, let her tell a little bit more about who she is before we get to our topic. Cindy, welcome to the Thank show. You. Thank you so much, Carolyn. I'm, I'm honored to be here and happy to get a chance to share a little bit about my experience. Um, I have dealt with mental health issues most of my life mm-hmm. and found tremendous healing through my faith in Christ and direction and purpose and really the the abundant life that Jesus promised. He said he wanted to, he came that we could have life abundantly. And even though I have struggled with depression and an eating disorder, abundant life is possible. And that's that's what I came here to share. I, I have found that the harder I tried to hide my depression, the worse it got. Mm-hmm. And opening up, and that's really what I came to talk about today, is opening your heart to allow love in. Uh, Valentine's Day used to be one of my most hated holidays. I always felt sorry for myself. I don't have a sweetheart. I I never dated and I never married. And I, uh, I couldn't, I could not live, I would just turn off the TV, I didn't want to see the ads. I didn't want to think about what to do on Valentine's Day. And last year, I wanted to do something different. So I had a date with Jesus. Awesome. And I have a really vivid imagination. So I was able to kind of really, um, it was really fun how he came and he ate with me. And then I have a love seat. And he was sitting on the back of it over here by my shoulder, and he had his arm around my shoulder. And we were just sitting there, and I was talking, and I had some praise music on. I was singing songs to him, and I have to be honest, it felt a little strange. Because <laughs> I'm talking to somebody who is here, but he's, you can't see him. But it helped me to get through a day to celebrate that God loves me. And then Christmas, I had the same thing. I'm single. I, my plans have fallen through. What am I going to do? The year before, it was the same way. I spent Christmas Day angry and frustrated and feeling sorry for myself because I didn't have anyone to celebrate with. But this year, Christmas, I wanted to do something different. And I began, I asked the Lord, what do you want me to do? Christmas, where do you want me to be? Who do you want me to be with? And the answer for that was I spent the day by myself. And mm. you think, mm-hmm. oh no, that's terrible. You can't spend Christmas by yourself. I wasn't by myself. 
because the Lord wanted to to touch my heart. And uh, I think all of us, that principle of touching a hot stove and recoiling from it Mm -hmm. is a good thing. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to loving other people, when we when we do that and we recoil when we're hurt i stayed hurt i stayed recoiled i decided that i was not ever going to let anybody hurt me like that again and we make those vows well in this um in this case um i had shut my heart down that's a large reason why i didn't date why i didn't marry mm. is because i I didn't know it at the time, but just when someone would get close, I would give them a big shove and say, you know, I'd be like, oh, come here and love me. Get away. Nope. Mm-mm, you're too close. And I even had trouble letting my female friends in. And I used to feel that I was all alone and that I wasn't loved. I had a difficult uh, childhood and not good relationships with most of my family. But that wasn't true. There were people who really longed to love me, but I wouldn't let them in. Cindy, I think that you are sharing a perspective that, and I hate to say it because I'm probably one of them, Mm -hmm. you're sharing a perspective that a lot of the world just doesn't even want to hear. I've been married for almost 41 years. It will be 41 years Mm -hmm. in June of this year. And I can't imagine being alone. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've told my husband, I think I need to I think I need to practice being more independent and self-reliant sometimes mm-hmm. because we got married when I was 20. Mm-hmm. I turned 21 right after we got married. So right. so my perspective is I've always had this person in my life. Mm-hmm. Even when I hated him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a... Even when we were going through a really bad time. Right. I knew God had brought us together. I knew we were going to work it out. Yeah. But I, if you don't mind, I would really like you to share a little bit more about that, that feeling of not feeling loved and yes you now have the the wisdom to know that you maybe contributed to some of that by pushing people Mm -hmm. away but Mm -hmm. I really would love for you to express more about that that feeling and what that did in your life how that impacted you because I think that we're going to have people listening that will be able Mm -hmm. to understand sure sure the best way I can describe it is um maybe a black hole almost Mm -hmm. a vacuum or I can picture myself sitting in like in the middle of a circle and very far away there are people all around the circle but they're I used to feel like they were staring at me or Mm -hmm. or judging me and I felt vulnerable I felt like there were times I remember telling someone in a group counseling session that I felt like all my skin had been torn off and that these people around me were lions just waiting to pounce on me. That's how I felt. Wow. And I didn't ever want to feel that vulnerable again. And so I got used to being alone. I got really prideful about my self-reliance. Someone actually told me that I had a spirit of, she called it toxic independence. And that was true. 
I didn't ask anyone for help unless I was desperate. Um, my job was, I was an assistant, so I was, I was the one who got things done and I was basically my own hero. Mm. I wouldn't let anyone else be my hero. I wouldn't, I was afraid to pray for things that I really, I was afraid to really want anything. And the way I grew up, unfortunately, doused all of my, uh, all of my wants. I, it wasn't safe to want anything. It wasn't safe to like anything. And it just took me a long, long time. And I felt alone. I mean, the worst time was when I went to bed at night and I would just stretch out in that big bed and just really wish that there was somebody there with me that I could Aww. talk to. Mm-hmm. And it's a very empty, empty feeling. And it can lead to doing some, I try to fill that hole with food. Okay. Food, food and more food. And at one point in my life, at my lowest point, I'm estimating that I ate probably eight to 10,000 calories in one day. In one day. In one day. Um, I haven't added it all up, but that that was the amount because wow. that's how I tried. And of course, food it'll it'll give you that peaceful feeling for a little bit. Just it was like a drug for me. It'll give you a peaceful feeling for a little bit, and I'd be like, okay, everything's going to be all right. Well, then the larger I got, the more I hated myself. So I didn't even like being with me, but I had no choice. I couldn't yeah. get away. I couldn't get away from myself. Um, it's kind of like a spiral, Very isn't much. it? You start yes. something and not really realizing how dramatic the consequences might be. Mm-hmm. And then and then it's almost like it's too late. You're stuck in it. Yeah. We become, in, I was in bondage to that toxic independence. I love that term. To feeling that no one would help me. And then th- that started to change when the Lord put me in a position where I could not do for myself and I had to ask for help. I had no choice. Um, I owned a house at the time and the house needed work. I couldn't afford it. Um, I had had, this happened several times actually. One time I had a termite infestation and Mm. I spent all of my money that I had getting rid of the bugs so I had nothing left to repair the damages. And I had to go to, I went to my church and asked for help. And the first time that I did that, there there was a friend who just kind of looked at me and she said, I was complaining or whining about my house being, what needing help. And, and she looked at me and she said, well, and we're not asking for help from our church because, and she did that to me. <laughs> and I thought, I, I'm not going to ask them for help. I have a job. I always thought that was for people who didn't have a job. Yeah, right. You know, and I, I have a job. I can't ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, was, it was funny because she really kind of jolted me out of, well, why aren't I going to the one place where I have, church has always been a safe place for me mm-hmm. and a place it was where I felt my sense of family it was the church helped me numerous times over the last 20 years that I owned this house in helping me repair it 
And then uh, my health kind of took a dive and I needed to stop working when I was 55. Okay. Well, when you have chronic fatigue and you don't have a lot of energy or strength, I couldn't do much. Mm -hmm. So I had to help. I'm healthier now. And I still don't like asking for help. And, And that also, it's not just that I have a need and I'm not asking for help. Right. It's also that I won't ask someone to pray for me. I won't admit to myself or to someone else that something's not right. I kept so much inside. And of course, when I became abstinent from eating, from overeating compulsively, things started to come up. And I wasn't totally ready for that but things started to come up Mm -hmm. and I had to get help to deal with them or I was going to go back to the food let me ask you a question Um, and just to the people listening I want to say as you've heard Cindy she's referencing that she did have an eating disorder today since we were thinking about looking towards February as a month when we're thinking about love and Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. That's kind of going to be our emphasis today. Mm-hmm. And, but I just want you to know, she is going to be back to talk about her eating disorder and how mm-hmm. she has let God help her <laughs> to overcome it. Yeah. But I want to ask you a question because I'm just really like that term that you've shared with us, that toxic independence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to me, someone who's toxically independent, that's the person that almost is saying to the world, I don't need you to love me. Exactly. So exactly. can you talk a little bit about how you had to get to the point of whether it was humility or mm-hmm. uh, whatever it was that caused you to recognize mm-hmm. that within yourself, you were actually pushing people away. Can you talk more about that? Sure. Um, I picture that each of our hearts has what I call a love receptor valve. Okay. It's a valve. And if you can picture like a valve or a funnel, maybe a funnel Mm -hmm. might be a better Mm -hmm. word. That's the thing that gets clogged. Mm. It gets clogged Mm. and then I can't, I don't think I deserve to be loved. I don't think, I think that God made a mistake when he made me. I feel that shame, like I'm not right. Something's wrong with me. And being as closed off as I was and isolating myself only clogged that funnel even Mm. further. Wow. And what what made me kind of realize that was uh, I was in some kind of trouble, car trouble or something like that. And uh, I said, God, I feel so alone. And I thought immediately these names started popping into my head. You could call Helen, you could call Marianne, you could call Mary Jo, you can call, and I thought, Oh my goodness, there are a lot of people that would help me if they could, if they knew that I needed it. If they knew. If they they knew. knew. And just, Mm, I started opening very gradually 
I'm usually pretty open about talking about the eating disorder and things like that. But even I'm a real delayed reactor with my emotions. Okay. So if, if I get angry about something, I usually don't realize it until uh, later on that day or the next day. Oh, people know what I'm feeling. <laughs> I'm <laughs> well, kind of probably the opposite of that. <laughs> and, and I'm learning, I didn't realize how much I kept close and didn't share until my best friend, um, I, t I don't remember what I shared with her, but she looked at me and she probably knows me better than anybody. And she said, I did not know that about you. Wow. And I, was, mm. and I don't realize how much I don't share. And right. I appear very open. Mm -hmm. But I think uh, it's usually afterwards. So in, when I'm in that moment, say I'm angry, that's my hardest emotion to deal with. That's when I want to hide. Mm -hmm. I want to resolve it and then come out when I'm feeling better. And a lot of that was fear of rejection. Um, abandonment, abandonment is a big issue in my life. Mm. But slowly, it's almost I imagine God chipping away at that gunk in my heart mm -hmm. through, it was through working 12 steps, through counseling, through listening to messages at church and trying to apply those truths to my life and then trying to serve other people and find out not with the motivation of, so you'll like me, mm -hmm. but with the motivation of God's given me something and I want, I want you to have it. Yes. That's why I'm here today Yes, because the Lord has opened my heart. I, my eyes were just open to my relationships over over the past with men and why I wouldn't open up to them. And I think my love receptor funnel was clogged by fear. Mm -hmm. It was clogged by pride, the kind of pride that thought I was worse than everyone else, Ooh. not better than everyone else. Okay. And it was also clogged with lies that had been spoken into my life that I believed and lies that I heard from Satan himself. And mm -hmm. those things clogged that filter, that, that funnel, and nothing could get through. So there's two ways to get rid of it. Sometimes you, sometimes you can, God will like blast a dynamic power yes. and immediately heal that hurt. But in my life, more often than not, it's been a process. It's been a steady current of him chipping away at that. And I saw this, this really made me laugh because I have cats yes. and my cats have a water fountain. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> the water fountain wasn't working. Oh. And I thought, well, that's odd. Oh, well, it's three years old, must, must be no good. So I mm -hmm. ordered another one. Well, while I was putting this other one together, I tried to, actually read the instructions when all <laughs> really? else fails what? read the instructions <laughs> i read the instructions and i saw a note on there that said make sure you clean the filter every month oh. and i thought three years have i ever cleaned out that filter <laughs> and the answer was no so i pulled it out and i held it up and i thought no wonder the water couldn't get through it was yeah. cat hair and and little pebbles of stuff off of their claws and mm -hmm. and dirt 
and yeah. all of that. And that just gave me such a clear picture of my love receptor valve. Oh, I love that. Because it was all clogged with all that yes. stuff. Lies and and fear and pride. And mm. as those things were have are being, they still are being rinsed out of my life, I can risk getting hurt without recoiling and staying recoiled. That's the wow. big thing. So, Cindy, what I'm hearing you say and what I think you want the listeners to understand is that a lot of times it is a process to let God chip mm-hmm. away at that gunk. Yes. You know, and we have to be open to that and invite mm-hmm. him to do that and let him do that. And I'm wondering if over the, the years as you've uh, grown mm-hmm. And your love receptor has started to clear out. Has God brought you any scriptures or stories yes. from from the Bible that you could share with us? There, there were several actually. First uh, John three one says, "How great is the love that the Father has lavished on us that mm. we should be called children of God," and that is what we are. Yes, that is what we are. When I read that, I I think I can stake my life on that. That's what I am. And his love was lavished on me. If I lavish something on someone, I'm not just giving them enough to get by. And so much of what blocks that love receptor is fear. Mm-hmm. And later on in First John in chapter 4, he says, there's no fear in love. Mm-hmm. That okay. God's perfect love drives out the fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. And I didn't always understand that last part. Mm-hmm. But... When, hmm. when your receptor valve is clogged and you believe that you're not worthy to be loved or you feel like you're not good enough uh, or you've just been deeply hurt and you don't ever want to get hurt like that again, God's, God's perfect love is the only thing that can drive that out. Mm-hmm. I like how you're making sure that you're wording it that way as God's mm-hmm. perfect love because yeah. none of us are perfect. Mm-mm. We hurt the people we love. And even the most loving yes. person has a bad day. Yes. Has. Um, and another scripture that when we think of love, you go to a wedding and you hear 1 Corinthians 13. Yes. But at the end of that, the part that they don't read that says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I acted like a child. Mm. And that order's important, okay. both thought, act. And when I became a man or a grown-up, I put away childish things. Well, why did he put that at the end of the love chapter? That's a good question. Are you going to answer it for us? Yes. <laughs> In my experience, what I needed was... When I was young and I was so deeply wounded as a child, I needed to grow up. Mm. I spoke in my heart like a child. I acted like a child. And when children, I thought like a child. I thought no one should ever hurt me. Love is going to hurt. We're going to be hurt. Mm. We have to accept that. And God, he thoughts will pop into my head that I know are from the Holy Spirit. God's word is so important mm-hmm. to healing. It is. It, it is. He will speak yes. to you. And he He speaks to me when I journal. That's a big part of, of when I get some clarity if I don't understand. 
um, it, it's it's okay for you to cry. Mm-hmm. It's okay for you to be human. Mm-hmm. What a concept. <laughs> and oh, that human thing. But once once I started to, to see God's love for me and to to grow up and mature to understand that. I can have an adult relationship with God, even though I'm his child. Yes. That, But that I can look at the world in a different way, that I have more realistic expectations. And when I'm hurt, which I know where to go, I know what to do. And that has made me more willing to open my heart, not just to a man, but to my friends, mm-hmm. to people that I love. I'm more willing to let them see me when I am less than perfect. I think that's I think that's very wise. But I, I want to respond to what you were just saying about how we have to be willing to open ourselves up. Mm-hmm. And you said you knew where to go. Mm-hmm. And just a the reminder, the the only place that will never hurt you right. is in God's is presence. In God. Yep. One of my favorite things to do, and here's a tool that you can take away. Okay, great. Uh, I took my Bible, and if you have a Bible that you can write in or underline or highlight, just start with Psalm 1 and look for the words rock refuge and fortress and highlight every verse from psalm 1 to 150 that has the words rock fortress you're my stronghold your strong tower Mm -hmm. underline or highlight all of those words then go back and look at the context of each read the whole psalm and ask the lord what what does this look like in my life today? What does it mean that when I run, when I'm sheltered in the shadow of your wings, what does it mean to yes. be in the shadow of your wings? Yes. And then you will always have a place to go. Mm-hmm. That is my go-to place. I love the whole Bible, mm-hmm. all of it. Mm-hmm. But when I'm hurting, I have my favorite Psalms, but I'll just go through and look and see where I highlighted those words when I need a rock when I need a fortress, when I need a safe place to go with whatever's going on in my life, that's where I go. So that I wanted to make, I'm glad that you brought that up because I wanted to to give the listeners a takeaway, something you can do that will help you on your journey to let God's love in your heart. I think that's a, I think that's a great place to end. Okay. So you all have an assignment. Yes. (laughs) And I think it's well worth giving that a try. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Cindy, for being here today. I'm going to have the scriptures she shared and maybe put some others in the show notes. Okay. So, and we'll, I'll have a, her little assignment written up in the show notes so that you can go back and read over those, reference those. Definitely. Uh, yeah, we we want you to know that God loves you. Definitely. Thank and you for being Valentine's here. Day. Yes, happy Valentine's <laughs> Day. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and don't forget there's even more information in the show notes. You'll want to check those out. Now please join the conversation on mental health and faith. Leave your comments or send me an email with your thoughts, questions, or suggestions. 
I really look forward to hearing from you. May God bless your journey.